Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus. Remember when his people were caught up in slavery? He rescued them. What he did was he parted the sea and he made a way for them and then he delivered their enemies to them and he unlocks wounds and he provides water from a rock and he provides manna from heaven and he brought down the walls of Jericho. He froze the sun allowing victory. He's toppled giants with tiny stones. He's brought fire from heaven. He shut the mouths of lions. He preserved life in the belly of a well. He's fed thousands with a few loaves. He gives the weak strength. He heals the sick. He's made the blind see, the deaf ear, the mute speak, the lame walk, and he's overcome evil, and he's made a way through death for you and me by the death and the resurrection of the Son, Jesus Christ, that we will live with him forever. We will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever and ever and ever. What are we afraid of? His resume is flawless. He controls everything. And he loves you. You know, it's always funny when, whenever Ryan gets to speak, the opportunity to speak, or the odd time that I do, sometimes during the week when we know the topic that's coming up, we always take a minute and we just talk about like, hey, is there any like stories that you can remember that have happened in our life that we can like relate to this message? And let's like, he always tries like, babe, do you have anything funny? Like, what have the kids done funny that I can share and make church laugh? And so we're always thinking and dwelling upon what might kind of be going on in our lives that we can kind of tie in or a funny story from the past. Well, you know, when your topic is choosing joy when life gets difficult, um, that's a scary one to, to, to kind of take on. And, and I was just kind of thinking Monday, Tuesday, you know, just, okay, Lord, what, what, might, what kind of story could I share? And then Wednesday rolled around. And um, that was my day to choose joy when life got difficult because I'll tell you a little bit about my day. I woke up, as we all did, to an unexpected chunk of snow on the ground outside of Wednesday morning. And um, I don't know about you, but it adds maybe 10 to 15 extra minutes onto your commute if you're driving somewhere. And um, I have a terrible bad habit of trying to cram in as many tasks and chores into my morning before I go to work. I love the morning. It's my time to shine. When I get home from work, it's not, I'm not so shining anymore. And so I just want to do all the things. And so I really just like do so many things and then I leave right at the last second and I literally walk into school as the bell rings behind me. And so that's kind of my style. Those of you who love to be early to things are like, oh, Stephanie, not so great. But you know what? It works, guys. I'm there every time, okay? Ask Amanda. She'll tell you. I'm at work. Um, but it's good. But um, so when the snowstorm comes, you're like, oh man, I got to leave early for work. And so I'm like feeling that, you know, that anxious, like, oh, I got to leave out the door early. But I still wanted to do all the things that I usually do in the morning. So I'm rushing and I'm feeling the kind of the urge and I fly out the door thinking, oh man, I, like if I don't leave at this second, I will be late for work. So I'm flying out the door and I peel out of the garage into the back alley, which at this point, I don't know if any of you else have to park in a back alley, but they're like treacherous, crazy divots in the roads right now. And there's these big grooves of ice and it's like just crazy. And it feels like you're driving like four by four, but we just have a tiny Honda Civic, so it doesn't work so well for us. But I was like, oh man, I'm going to be late. So I just went a little bit maybe faster than I should have. 
start peeling through and you can, your tires kind of get stuck in it and then it like pop you out in a weird way and so I'm trying to like drive up on the shoulder part and it just so happened Wednesday was recycling day and so the blue bins were all kind of pulled out into the alley a little bit more so I'm peeling through and I'm like oh I'm doing so good and I'm swerving through and then all of a sudden wham really hard I hit somebody somebody's blue bin just jumped out at me guys it just hit my side view mirror and I was like, oh, no, that didn't sound good. And I was like, I should stop. Oh, I don't have time to stop. And then I thought, no, I should stop. So I stopped, quickly ran around, trying not to slip on the ice, and realized I had actually taken, taken off the whole bottom part of my side view mirror somewhere down the alley. But I didn't have time to go back for it. So I went to work and cried all the way there because I felt so bad about what I had done and felt terrible about the stupid decision that I had made to drive quickly down that alleyway. And at that began my day of... Um, choosing joy when life got difficult and so I <laughs> cried all the way to work and just started and I had been studying these verses about choosing joy and so I just began to say even though I didn't really feel the joy of the Lord I <laughs> just began to say the joy of the Lord is my strength I just kept saying that verse over and over again and tried to rewire my brain for the day because I didn't want to go into work as we say in the school in the red zone I wanted to go in the green zone feeling good about my day and so I just began to kind of see Kyle gets me um, he's a teacher so I began to kind of just try to rewire my brain to be successful for the day and the day went okay and then I got in the afternoon I went back home and I went down the alleyway to sheepishly look for the pieces that had flown off of my car to see if perhaps I could glue them back together or something I don't know guys but it, there were shards of black stuff all over and I shamelessly shamefully picked them all up and put them in a baggie and tried to bring them back to Ryan um, who wasn't super excited about what I had done either um, as you can imagine but then I get into the garage and I'm trying to see if what I can do to fix this and then I hear this funny noise coming from our tire and I'm like hmm Sounds like perhaps we have a leak in our tire. I can hear the air kind of squeaking out. I'm like, oh no. So then Ryan comes in and sure enough, we find a nail in the tire. And so then I try to call Costco. And if you've ever tried to call Costco's tire center, it's a busy place. And so I think I tried eight times and I finally got through and I was so excited. And then the man said, you can, if you come in the next half hour, we can get in and we can fix your tire. If not, it's not going to happen tonight. So we're like, oh, change of plans, kids. No bath tonight. Get in the car. We're going to Costco. We got to get this tire fixed before pursuit night. And so we're rushing around. And we're like, oh, let the dog out really quick before we go. And so Ryan lets the dog out and lets her back in, thinking that she was finished. And apparently she wasn't. And she finished her business on the floor in our house. And so that was special. Then we cleaned that up. And then we <laughs> Ryan slammed our back door shut as we were leaving in a hurry and the whole bottom of our door fell out and apparently it's rotten. So now we have a nice big gap. So it was one of those days where you just have to keep telling yourself, you know, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Maybe some, like some of these memes that were going to pop up on the screen here, if you can help me out in the back. Maybe you're like this, where you're like, you think you're having a bad day at work. You're digging in the thing. Maybe you face planted over here. Maybe the cat is inside the birdcage now. Your porter potty Spilling over that would, to me would be just a disgustingly terrible bad day. But that's kind of how our day was on Wednesday. And some days there are those funny days where you're like, okay, this isn't the end of the world. It just kind of sucks today, but it's going to be okay. But then there are the days that come that aren't so great and that aren't so funny. And they really are bad days. Unexpected things that happen in our life. Maybe it's the unexpected death of a loved one, or maybe it's um, a call into your boss's office letting you know that you no longer have a job or maybe it's um, you go to your doctor's office and you receive 
an unexpected illness report that you weren't expecting, that you weren't planning for, perhaps something in your marriage comes up where you look at your spouse and think, wow, is this who I married? This is not what I thought, and this, this truth comes out. Those are the moments that come up in our lives where we truly are faced with the decision, are we going to choose joy? There's so many questions, so many emotions that begin to flood our minds and flood our hearts, and it's so difficult in those moments to see beyond that current circumstance. I know for me this happened a few years back when we were first starting the church, um, and we were living by faith, but um, thankfully I had more hours than I do now at the school, and so we were pretty reliant on my income at the time, and I really loved my job, and I loved where I was working. My kids were going to school there. I loved what I was doing. Things were going great. And then some of you will remember this, just midway, just partway through the beginning of the year, my principal called me into her office and sat me down and said, unfortunately, we've had some budget cuts and because of seniority, we're unfortunately having to let you go. And that gave me my two weeks. And I remember just all the feelings, anger and frustration, shock, because I didn't expect it coming. I felt sadness. I felt just this loss of like this job that I really, really loved and, and this kind of grief of what I was now not going to get to have any longer and all of those feelings all those emotions came in that moment and the questions of how is this going to work out how are we going to pay our bills how is this all going to work out and just feeling the weight of all of that maybe you've had a day like that too where something unexpected has happened and you're left kind of feeling all of these things and not sure kind of what to do or how to move forward so today we're going to look together in the book of Philippians at the life of Paul and how he was faced with hardships and trials and, and, and the cherry on top of it all, like Ryan mentioned last week, here he is in jail. And yet from jail, he's writing a letter to the Philippian church to say, hey, I've found joy in Christ and I know that you can too. He's writing this encouraging letter to them, not because he had gotten out of jail now and he's like, woo, that was so great, God's so good, you got me out of jail. No, he was still sitting in jail writing this letter to the church to say, hey, you can have joy even in these challenging circumstances. And so we're going to look at that together. Paul made a decision when he was in jail to say, I will rejoice because I know that these circumstances that are out of my control, that God will in fact use them and turn them for good. That he said that I choose joy because I know God is good and he will turn all of these things for his glory. And so we're going to travel through the book of Philippians a little bit and through the life of Paul and begin to pull out some truths and some principles that we can apply to our lives when these sorts of challenges come our way and how we can truly find joy even in the midst of challenging circumstances. So First, we're going to start by looking at, just like our title says, to choose joy, that joy is a choice. And so we have the choice of how we, were going to how we are going to respond rather than react with our emotions. I think oftentimes that's our first initial response, which I think, by the way, is very healthy. Like if you are a human being and you're not experiencing all of the emotions, I, I would worry about that. Um, so it's good. I'm not, by all means, we're not saying here today like, when you just have to be happy and joyful all the time and never experience all the other emotions. All the emotions are good and healthy and they're a part of who we are. And so that's what we're going to look at this morning is how do we go from a place of feeling all of those things, which is good, to then deciding to make a choice to choose joy. Joy is a choice. And so let's look at how Paul put this into practice. We read in Philippians 1 verse 12 to 19 on the screen behind me. You can follow along. There we go. And I want you to know, my dear brothers and sisters, that everything has happened to me here has helped to spread the good news. For everyone here, including the whole palace guard, knows that I am in chains because of Christ. 
and because of my imprisonment, most of the believers here have gained confidence and boldly speak God's message without fear. Wow, that's so amazing. And it says, it's true that some are preaching out of jealousy and rivalry, but others preach about Christ with pure motives. They preach because they love me, for they know I have been appointed to defend the good news. Those others do not have pure motives as they preach about Christ. They preach with selfish ambition, not sincerely, intending to make my chains more painful to me. But that doesn't matter. Whether their motives are false or genuine, the message about Christ is being preached either way, so I rejoice, and I will continue to rejoice, for I know that as you pray for me and the Spirit of Christ helps me, this will lead to my deliverance. Like I said already, it's okay to experience the emotions when a challenging circumstance comes, when something unexpected, something bad, something hard happens. We even see it there with Paul. He's saying, oh man, like you can see him kind of unraveling for a minute. He's saying, oh man, they're, they're preaching things about Christ that are they're not the way that they should be taught. And he's like, this is making it more difficult for me. But then he's like, kind of catches himself and says, but that doesn't matter. He kind of, I almost can imagine him just like going for a minute, just like we all probably would, and then stopping himself and saying, but that doesn't matter. That Christ, Christ, that what matters is that Christ is being preached. And so, and then he says, he says it twice. If you look, it says, so I rejoice first time. It's almost like he's saying to himself, Rejoice in the Lord always, just like I had to do on Wednesday morning. He was like reminding himself, so rejoice. And then he says, and I will continue to rejoice, almost though as if his spirit was beginning to, to be edified by speaking and declaring that he can, in fact, rejoice even in the midst of this challenging circumstance. We have a choice to make. Are we going to stay stuck in that emotion, which we often do and we can, and that's, that's an option, or are we going to choose to say, I know this is hard, I know this is difficult, I'm feeling all of these emotions, but I don't want to stay stuck there. We have a choice to choose joy, not through our own strength or ability, but to, in our ability to put our trust in Jesus and allow the Holy Spirit to truly fill our hearts with an unexplainable joy. As Ryan mentioned last week, Secular dictionaries define joy as the emotion evoked by well-being, success, or good fortune, or the emotion evoked by the prospect of possessing what one desires. The world's definition of joy is synonymous with the definition of happiness, for both of these emotions are dependent on what happens. Like you said last week, happiness depends on what happens. But joy is a choice. And deeper understanding of who we are in Christ and the fact that he is, in fact, working all things out for good. Last week, Ryan looked at the word kairo, uh, the Greek root of joy, in, in how it's um, used throughout the New Testament. Today, we're going to look a little bit more specifically at the word kaira, which is also used throughout the New Testament, and, and how that word um, is linked with joy. And so, read it with me on the back. I just love how it's written. It says, Joy, kara, and rejoice is a Greek noun which describes, I'll just read it, I don't think it's there. It's a Greek, Greek noun which describes a feeling of inner gladness, delight, or rejoicing. Joy in the New Testament is virtually always used to signify a feeling of happiness that is based on spiritual realities and independent of what happens. I think that's really important. It's not based on what happens, but it's based on spiritual reality. Confidence that ignites a cheerful heart. It is a cheerful, cheerful heart that leads to cheerful behavior. Cheerful is hard to say. I don't know. Cheerful. <laughs> it's my tonsils. Thanks, babe. Joy is not an experience that comes from favorable circumstances, but it's God's gift to believers. Joy is a part 
of God's very essence, and his spirit manifests the supernatural joy in his children. Joy is the deep down sense of well-being that abides in the heart of the person who knows all is well between himself and the Lord. I love that. It's based on our knowledge and our desire to follow after Christ and allow him to be Lord of our life and to allow his truth to reign in us. Joy is a choice. Another thing that joy is, that joy is a fruit of the spirit. I don't know if you've learned this song in Sunday school about the fruits of the spirit. I know Michael Baker has a great rendition on the guitar that he loves to sing. He's taught all our Sunday school. I saw him there somewhere in here this morning. But And the fruits of the spirit, we've heard it before. We've sung the song. Maybe we've memorized the verse. Or maybe you're new to church and you're like, what is this lady talking about? Fruits of the what? But here, I'll tell you what they are. If we read in Galatians 5.22, it says, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's no law against these things. So what we have to wrap our mind around is that the Holy Spirit guides us and gives us joy. It says there that the Holy Spirit produces this kind of joy in our life. It doesn't say that we get to produce this kind of joy in our life, that we have the, our natural abilities and strength to do it on our own. No, it says the Holy Spirit produces this kind of joy. That means it's not our instant reaction or instant emotion that kind of comes up when hard times come, by all means, not at all. I'll be first in line to say that is not what I feel when difficult challenges come my way. But then the choice comes, like we said, to choose joy. And this comes through allowing the Holy Spirit to truly lead us, to surrender our selfish desires as humans and our emotions that naturally come up and to say, Lord, Holy Spirit, would you guide me? Holy Spirit, would you lead me? I need your strength. I don't see this the way that you see this. Would you lead me and guide me to a place where the fruit of my life is joy, where the fruit of my life is all these other fruits of the Spirit that we see, but today specifically joy. This is a fruit. Sometimes maybe we're a tree and we're just barely surviving because we're trying to do it on our own and our leaves are withering. I don't know if you um, don't have a green thumb and killed a plant or two in your home, but that's a sad day and you're like, oh, I'm so sorry, little plant. Like I, I didn't do a good job. But those are the kind of trees that we can be when we're just trying to be led by our own emotions. But when we're allowing the Holy Spirit to lead us, that's where we can come to a place where we can be a flourishing tree with fruit coming off. That's such a beautiful picture. I love just that bountiful fruit that not only are we blessed, right? But then that's where we get to bless others with that joy and that peace and all the fruits of the Spirit that are bounding us. But that comes through allowing the Holy Spirit to lead us and to guide us towards those fruits. The next thing we see is that we can choose joy because of the faithfulness of God. We sang it in our songs this morning, that video before we started. I just love just recounting the faithfulness of God in our lives. Joy comes when we allow a seemingly horrible circumstance not to control us, but to acknowledge that God is working and can actually turn all things, even the most terrible of circumstance, for good. Philippians 3, 1, if we read it together, it says, Whatever happens, my dear brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. I love how that word is used, in the Lord, that we must abide in, to endure, to remain, to last in Christ. We have to first believe that God truly is who he says that he is, that the stories that we read about in the Bible of his faithfulness and these incredible miracles that have happened and in, in, the, in the Bible, that they are true. We have to come to a place where we actually believe, wow, that is true, that that the word of God that I'm reading and these stories in the Bible, as crazy as they seem when you read them, they're truth, you guys, that that's true. And when we finally allow that to sink into our hearts, that, that it, God truly is incredible and faithful and does all these amazing things, that's when we be, can truly begin to allow our joy to uh, be found 
in, in him, in Christ, because we can have this firm foundation, just like the, the movie said, that his resume is flawless. Why, why wouldn't we put our trust in a God that we can fully trust and rely upon his faithfulness throughout our lives? Just like Moses did and was called to do in Exodus, he began to recount. God said, go back and recount and look at all the things that I have done in your life and see and, and recognize that, yeah, oh, yeah, look at that challenging circumstance came up. And, wow, God, you came through in this way. This big mountain came up, and I didn't know how we were going to get through, but, Lord, look how you provided. And so I encourage you, even in your own life, get out a long piece of paper, old school. I love paper and pen. Maybe you do it on the computer, but I want to do it on real paper with a real pen. Get out a piece of paper and draw a timeline, just like you used to look at in elementary school, and begin to just plot the points in your life where challenges have come and see how and, and remember how God was faithful to answer and to do a miracle. And maybe it's hard, maybe you just didn't, didn't even see it at the time, but if you look back now, you're like, oh, that's what he did. Wow, I didn't even see that then, but look how God was faithful to orchestrate that detail that led to this open door, that led to this opportunity, that led to this happening. I love it when we can look back, even in our own lives, especially through, this, to, through the word of God, to see the stories in there, but I think there's something even more impactful too when we can look at our own lives and recount God's faithfulness and their journey, because then when the hard moments come, because they will come, even... Now that you have Jesus doesn't mean that we get to be void of all the difficult things. Now the difficult things are still going to come. He's just going to give us the strength to, to walk through them. And when those hard times come, or maybe you're sitting in a hard moment now, you can recount and look back. Wow, look at how God was been, has been so faithful. And in that knowledge of who God is and that understanding of the faithfulness of God, that's when we can truly allow our hearts to kind of almost like let down our guard and let Jesus truly be Lord of our life and let our trust abide in him that we might let his joy fill us and complete us in every part of who we are. Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I love that verse. I love that. What a beautiful picture that he doesn't change. That is a truth that we can stand upon. He never changes. He never fails us. He is faithful. He is good. His promises are yes and amen. That is the God that we serve. If you're new to Jesus and this whole thing, and you're not sure about this whole God thing, I'm going to hear, I'm here to tell you that he is faithful, you guys. He is good. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He has good plans for your life, just like Ryan was telling er us earlier. It's a, he's a God that we truly can put our trust in. We can kind of look back and say, wow, look what the Lord has done. And have those moments of like just awe and astonishment to see that God is truly working. He is truly faithful. When we looked back, when we read it, when we were reading in Philippians 1.12, Paul even shares his joy um, in the jail cell because he, he began to see that even though that wasn't his plan to be in jail, obviously, um, he was still able to see, wow, look what you're doing, God. I'm able to reach these Roman soldiers and share the gospel of Jesus with them, which he wasn't part of his original plan. And he was able to see that now the believers were being strengthened in their faith and they were stepping out, not with fear any longer, but being able to, to continue to spread the word of God through that way as well. He could have very well got put in jail and just sat there and been like, really, God? Like, 
I was supposed to be out there preaching the gospel. I was supposed to be in that city. And that next week, I was supposed to be there. Two weeks from now, oh, I guess I have to cancel that trip too. Like all these things that he thought that was in his heart to do. But God said, no, I've got another plan for you, Paul. And Paul was able to identify that, God, you are still faithful even in this challenging moment, that you are faithful even in this challenging circumstance. And he began to see this situation through the lens of what God was doing. It was not his plan, but it was God's plan. And look at what God was doing even in that challenging moment. He was sharing the gospel with people that he otherwise wouldn't have been able to and strengthening the believers in a way that he could not have done if he was just out doing what his plans were. He began to see things through God's perspective because he chose joy in that circumstance. There was a movie Ryan and I watched a couple of weeks ago. It's called Harriet. If you have a chance to watch it, I I recommend it. It's a great, um, it's based on our true story of a, a slave back in the 1800s in the southern United States um, who was being treated terribly by her master and she desperately wanted to find freedom. And so she went on this journey of um, escaping. She had left her husband behind, her family behind, and she just wanted to find freedom. And so she went and risked her life and it was a crazy journey. And I, I won't spoil the whole movie, but you it's a true story. So it's out there anyways. So I won't spoil it for you. But she found freedom. She got to Philadelphia and she was free and she was living this free life. And she was like, oh, this is so great. But then she's like, oh, I should go back and get my husband. Like, I don't want to do this, experience this freedom on my own. This is too good. I want him to experience it with me. And so she got a, she, it was a huge risk for her to go back at all, back to where she was still considered a slave. But she went and she got all the paperwork she needed and she even bought a little suit for him to wear that they could go back together into freedom. And she made this journey back, almost getting caught a couple times. And she gets back and she finds her husband and, and she's there with him and she's so excited to see him. And he is too at first. <laughs> and then um, poor Harriet realizes, um, her husband tells her that, wow, I, I'm really sorry to tell you, but I had thought you had passed and you had moved on without me. And so I actually got remarried and my wife is pregnant with our baby and I'm really sorry. And she, you could just see in the movie, just this like, oh, like her heart was just like ripped out of her chest feeling like, wow, I just risked everything to come back for you and you've moved on and you have a new love of your life that you're having a baby with. And you can just imagine the emotions and the feelings that she, could, she was feeling in that moment to be like, I risked everything to come back for you. And he was saying to her, but you left me. And so there was this back and forth moment. And then you kind of see her kind of sitting for a minute and just feeling all the emotions like we had talked about. And then her family comes and says, her other siblings that were still slaves said like, but we want to find freedom, so like, take us back with you. And she had a moment to decide. Is she just going to, am I just going to have like this pity party and stay and just like stomp back to Philadelphia on my own? Or am I going to take this opportunity, not in my plans, how I had considered this, but I'm going to take this opportunity to help other people go into freedom. And so it started with a few, and then it, it turned out nine people kind of caught word that she was there and that she was going to take them back into freedom. So that began her journey. She risked everything to bring these nine people into freedom. And then it began this journey of her going back and freeing hundreds of slaves from, from, uh, from slavery and bringing them into freedom because she chose in that moment, she had a decision to make right then and there when she went back for her husband, either to just be like, ah, oh, this sucks and forget it, or no, I'm going to choose to allow God to turn this situation that is terrible and not good into something far greater. She went back for one man and she ended up rescuing hundreds of slaves because of the sacrifice that she made to choose joy instead of sit there in her pain. I love that story. Even when we look at Paul, even when faced with death, if we read together in Philippians 1, 20 to 26, it says this, 
I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now as always Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I'm to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I don't know. I'm torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far, but it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain, and I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith, so that through my being with you again, your boasting in Christ will abound on account of me. Paul had an understanding of the assurance that he had in Jesus Christ. So he thought, hey, on one hand, if I die, whoop, I get to be with Jesus. What a, an awesome promise and a hope that we get to one day um, look forward to as we give our lives to Jesus Christ. And if you're here and you haven't had the opportunity to do that today, we will give you the opportunity to, to have a relationship with Jesus. And then on the other hand, he was like, well, if, if I have to stay here on earth, although this is turning out to be a quite a troublesome opportunity to share the gospel, that's also joyful. He saw the joy in either circumstance because he understood who Christ was and the assurance that he could have in him. Joy doesn't come because of the hard thing that is happening. Joy comes because of our knowledge of what God is going to do. And we know that the victory is around the corner and that we can find our joy in him, not in our circumstance. I'm going to say that again because I think it's really important. We don't, we're not expecting you guys to sit in your terrible circumstance being like, woo, love this, so awesome. No, we're, we're saying that your joy can be in Christ. So the circumstance is still going to suck potentially, but your joy will be found in Christ, not in your circumstance. And that's the truth that we are standing upon today, that we can move forward in faith knowing that God is good. He is faithful, that he has got amazing plans in store, even though we can't see it now, even though we're not sure how this is all going to work out, that he in fact is faithful. And we know that because of what we read about in his word. Maybe you're still unsure about this whole faithful God that I talk about this morning, but just like the changing of the seasons. I don't know about you, but Friday I was like, whoa, spring is here. I'm so excited. Brian opened up all the windows in our house, got the fresh air flowing. It was nice outside. Bray wore flip-flops out. I mean, we were just feeling it, guys. We were feeling that winter was over. Um, and then we woke up yesterday. And we're like, wow, no, winter's still here. Um, it's upon us still. It's cold. The snow is falling. Um, feeling that chilly wind and Sometimes we joke as Calgarians and we're like, oh, it's winter ever going to be over. It's never going to be anything but winter. And we joke about it, but we know in our heart of hearts that in fact spring is coming, although it may be short, it's coming. And after that summer, the blissful summer that we are all so excited to experience is coming and it's going to be so amazing. And then after that, we know fall comes again and then our dear friend winter shows up yet again. <laughs> and we know that it happens. There's a cycle. We can count that the that our earth revolves and rotates around the sun in a certain pattern year after year, day after day, the sun rises and sets, and we can count on this consistent pattern because God is the one who created that. God is the one who set that in motion. He is a faithful God. He is consistent. He can be trusted just like we trust and we build all our calendars and, and plans around the fact that these seasons are, they are going to change, that things are going to shift. We know that and that is a God that we serve. He is faithful. He can be trusted. He is worthy of our heart to be able to say, yes, I can fully put our trust, my trust in you. And it's hard sometimes, I think, because we look at, um, people around us and relationships around us. And I think we don't see that perhaps 
in, in, in our interactions with people. People do change. People are influenced by things around them and they shift and they change and they're not quite the same. Maybe sometimes for the better and maybe sometimes not for the better. I don't know. It depends on the situation, but that's not who our God is. He is a faithful God. He doesn't change. He never changes. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I love that. Let that truth sink into your heart today as we truly allow our trust to, and our joy to be in Christ. Another thing that I love about joy is that it brings about growth. I don't know about you, but I love the concept of growth. I want to grow. I don't want to be the same old Stephanie that I always was. If we read in James 1, 2 to 4, it says this. Love this verse. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. What? I love that. Let's read it again. When troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. It doesn't just say just joy. It's like great joy. Okay, there's a challenge. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete needing nothing. Wow. We have the opportunity to choose joy in hard times because it's an opportunity to grow. I don't know if you've ever um, recently hung out with any 18-year-olds. If you're 18 in the room, I love you, and you will understand this concept in a few years from now. Um, But if you've hung out with an 18-year-old, you love them. They're awesome. They're so much fun, but you're like, wow, got a lot of growing up to do, got a lot of maturing to have happening in your life, and you kind of feel, and and it's good. You get it. You remember being 18, so you're like, that's so good, but you'll get there someday. You kind of have those, maybe don't say it out loud, though, okay, but just say it in your head. But then you hang out with some, like, old, wise person in your life. For me, it's my nana, my grandma on my mom's side of the family. I love her. I love calling her and just hearing her wisdom. She's been through a lot of life, and she has this wisdom about her, this calm about her when I speak with her about stuff, when I'm feeling anxious about something. She's probably one of the first people I call. Nana, can you pray for me for this? Can you believe? And she, she's walked through life's challenging circumstances, and she has chosen to say, yes, God, I put my trust in you. Yes, God, you are, in fact, faithful. And she's allowed the faithfulness of God to grow her and develop who she is and her character. And I love the wisdom and the, just the calm that she kind of speaks over me and my kids and my marriage and this church. Uh, she prays for all of us here at this church because she's been there. They were church planters, too. I love that about my no, 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 no. Sorry, I don't know. I'm so silly. <laughs> Love them. But anyways, I love sitting with her. I don't know if you have somebody like that in your life. They just admire their wisdom. But you know what? I have to remember, she was once that 18-year-old too. She was once 18 and making silly mistakes and doing weird things. And you're, and probably her grandma was like, oh, Pauline, you need to just get a grip on life. But she was there. We were all there. We were all 18. And yet here we are growing and changing. And we have the choice, just like we talked about, to stay stuck in those emotions and to just be. Because life is hard. Life sucks. We've all experienced that. And we can stay stuck in those places. Or we can... T- can choose to allow it to help us to grow and change and become all that God has called us to be. And I love that. I want to become that old grandma that one day I can look back at my kids and my grandchildren and speak life over them and tell them it's going to be okay. Trust me, I know God is faithful and begin to speak over the next generation, the hope that they have in Jesus Christ. And so, but that doesn't come by just not having difficult times come. It comes through the hard, challenging moments where we choose joy, where we choose to allow the joy of the Lord to bring about growth in our heart. Finally, this morning, we're going to look at, our last point is that his joy gives us strength. Nehemiah 8.10 
says that we reminded that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Just like I had to say over and over again until my heart believed it on Wednesday, that the joy of the Lord is our strength. When we put our hope in Jesus and in relationship with him, we are given the strength we need to walk through each and every trial and challenging moment that comes our way. Philippians 4, 6 to 7 says this. So don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Maybe you're like, mm, Stephanie, I think we're talking about joy today. That verse was about peace. You're right. It is about peace. But as I was beginning to study the concept of peace and joy, I found that they were actually so connected together that as we choose to allow the peace of God to come into our life and, and to acknowledge that he is, in fact, good, and then we allow that fear and anxiety that I don't know if you felt it before, but it like feels like it takes over your whole heart and your whole mind and you can't think or do anything but be anxious. It actually, when we allow the peace of God to come, it kind of removes that and it makes room so that joy can then come and flood our hearts and flood our minds. There's a connection there. They're actually so connected. Joy and peace. It's that joy and that peace together that gives us the strength that we need to do all things that we are reminded that the joy of the Lord is, in fact, our strength. So today, as we think upon all these truths, we can be reminded that a life surrendered to Christ, because we know that he is faithful, brings about growth and strength through our choice to trust in him, which removes all our fear and brings us peace and allows or makes room for joy to flood our hearts and minds. As we close with this together, and as the band comes up, I love how Rick Warren um, adds his own definition of joy. I don't know if it's on the screen. It's not. <laughs> Ryan made my PowerPoint for me, but that's okay. I'll read it to you. Rick Warren says this about joy. Joy is the settled assurance that God is in control of all the details of my life. The quiet confidence that ultimately everything is going to be all right. And the determined choice to praise God in every circumstance. I love that last part. It's a determined choice. It's not going to be easy. You're not going to feel like praising God. Just as Paul and Silas did when they were in their jail cell, they began to worship and praise God, not because the shackles were now off. No, they were still chained and they were still in shackles. Paul, writing this letter to the Philippian church, was still in prison. He was still in, in chains, and yet he chose to rejoice in the Lord to begin to almost remind himself that God is faithful, that God is good, that I can't put my trust in him, that I can't put my hope in him. Studies even show that music actually has the power of transforming our thoughts and our thinking. And that as we choose to worship God together, the Bible declares it, science shows that it happens, that if we choose to lift up a song, unto, a, a praise unto the Lord, to say, Lord, you are good. I choose to worship you. I choose to praise you. And as we do that, watch as the walls come down, watch as situations begin to shift and change and the atmosphere begins to change because we are declaring the goodness of God 
even in the midst of a challenging situation. So today, this morning, we're going we're gonna to worship together. We're going to begin to declare the goodness of God. And, and as we do so, we're going to sing this song as we, as we begin to just say, Lord, you are working. Even when I don't see it, even when I don't feel it, you, in fact, are working. And so today, I praise you, Lord. I praise you, God. You are a faithful God. And so I want to encourage you this morning as we worship together to sing a song. Maybe you're in the midst of a trial. Maybe you're stuck and you're feeling, oh, I just can't get past this. Sing with us together this morning. Lift a song unto the Lord this morning and worship him, knowing that he is good, that the victory is his, that the battle does not belong to you. It belongs to the Lord. So give it to him and allow him to take over. If you need prayer this this morning, our prayer team is gathered at the back there. While we sing this song together, maybe you just need somebody to partner with you to believe for that breakthrough. I want to encourage you to head on to the back and somebody will be there to pray with you. But before we sing this morning, I want to just read this last scripture in Romans 8, 28. It says, we know that God works all things together for the good of those who are called according to his purpose. He doesn't work just some things. It says he works all things. And so if we believe that the word of God is true, we can stand upon that truth today and know that God is in fact working all things for the good of those who are called according to his purposes. I'm going to ask you, church, to stand as we worship together, as we sing about the goodness of God. Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus.